<laughs> Welcome to Gracefully Blended Podcast. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome. The we reason- want to welcome you all in. Come on in. Come, Come on, on in. into the room. Let me tell you why we laughing. Because right before I hit play, you know, we always pray. And I told him, I said, your prayers, they... They, they're like a Disney song. <laughs> he like, I say, what do you mean they're like a Disney song? They're so soothing. And I was like, come on before I go to sleep on you. <laughs> yes, y'all, we still in the quarantine <laughs> and we still have our minds. So amen for that, right? Amen. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode. It's going to be fire. What's I- this, episode five? I don't know. You you keeping track. I don't know. I I'm just... keeping track because, I, you know, I, this is all victories for me. Okay, so. Episode one was a victory. Episode yes. two was a victory. Yes. Episode three was a victory. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you got victories. Okay, so I don't know. I'm not keeping track, but I thank you for tuning in and rocking with us. Thank you, man. We see the downloads going up, everybody listening. We got some great feedback from people, and we wanted to do a part two of this because we came before you with interrogation or communication, and we didn't even know that God was going to do this. I'm telling y'all, we just kind of letting the Lord flow through us. And um, I know we mentioned before to you all that anytime you're in ministry or, you know, God is using you in whatever situation, trust that you're going to be tested. <laughs> tested. And tested. Yes. <laughs> tested. Interrogated. <laughs> no. That's what it felt like I was being interrogated. No. And so. <laughs> We have been going through some stuff, you know, recently. And I'm like, man, God, how you birthed this podcast through us? And I don't even want to sit next to this dude. Like, he wasn't even Mr. Williams, okay? He was this dude. And what I realized was that I was getting phone calls and people were saying some of the same things that we were going through. And I'm like, okay, God. Dun, 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 dun. So, I get it. So we we don't count ourselves greater than anybody else. Of been course. married. Anybody oh, no. else's testimony. Oh, no. This is our story. This is what we've learned. This is what's, you know, unique to us. This is the wisdom that God has shared with us. And um and, and we just we just we just want to share it with the people. We just want to share it with you all. And hopefully um it makes a difference in your marriage. Because as I told Delisa before, that um I believe that this is a ministry. And the way that I believe that this is a ministry is that it's our life, it's our testimony. And as I said before, the Bible says that the um that the people shall be set free. The people shall be set free by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. You know that's think, my favorite scripture. I think that we have a well, lot one of, of them. I think that we we have a lot of people out there who has gone through some stuff, who has overcame some stuff, who has made it to 20, 30 years of marriage, even five years of marriage. Okay, year one. If you year made one. it to year one, give right. yourself a clap, you, you, clap, you, okay? You, you have a testimony to share. And, and it can impact somebody else's life, that somebody else's marriage that 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 is on their way to being where you are. Exactly. So that's why we do this. We, we, we're not looking for any accolades. We just want to help the people be free. Amen. Oh, so now you're doing get your ish together. That's right. See, see that? <laughs> I love that because my husband <laughs> listens to my podcast. Let me tell y'all, if you in business and your spouse supports you, okay, just appreciate that. All right. Because it feels good if you're an entrepreneur or you're building something, even if you're writing a book, like read your spouse's book. Okay. Don't just have her out here 
writing and you're not reading and you don't understand what's going on, okay? It just makes them feel so much better because, you know, you're my friend. You, you're my friend. You're my best friend. And I really appreciate it, you know, when you come back to me and you like, hey, baby, you know, I listened to your podcast and it was you was you was preaching some good stuff over there. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, even though, you know, God had already told me it was good, you know, but I really like hearing it. I actually love hearing it from you because. Let me tell y'all, Emilio is the number one critic, okay? He'll tell you. I might not know how to sing, but I know what good singing sound like. <laughs> I might not know how to act, but I don't know what good acting is. <laughs> so, if Emilio tell you it's dope, it's good, okay? Let me just let me just clear the way for that one. But, no, he's absolutely right. We come before you all humbly. We humbly come before you because we've said before in podcast episodes that, you know, we truly learned everything from God. He basically showed us everything. Um, we sat in the classroom of life with him because we didn't have any type of marriage to reference in both of our families. We are the first and we are a blended family and, and we had to learn so much. Yeah, and there's been some bumps and bruises along the way. It's been some hurt feelings. It's been a lot of forgiveness. It's been some pent up aggression, animosity. It's been some passive aggressiveness. We've had the whole gamut of um, feelings and and um, everything that goes with being But God, we still here. And I, and, I, and, I, and I like to say, and I always say this to Delisa, I said that that, you know, we we would argue a lot like we were at the edge of a cliff. And then at the edge of that cliff, it's like we could go either way. We can jump off the cliff, which would be the end of the marriage, or we can back away from the cliff. And we talked about that. Yeah, we and did. That wasn't, in, that wasn't on this podcast. That was on my podcast on Get Your Ish Together. If you go back and check Get Your Ish Together, season two, I did an episode with Amelia. I want to say, was it a part one and part two we did? Stewardship in your marriage. Yeah, ships and that don't sink. ships that don't sink, stewardship in your marriage. Go back and check that out because we talked about how you want to make sure that when you're arguing or you're disagreeing, that you make it so that you can come back to your marriage. You don't want to argue or say something to the point that there's no coming back to it. Yeah. And, and he made a really good point about that. So I, I implore you all to check that out. Yeah, and um and, and it seems that is every time we were at that edge and both of us was ready to dive off, God showed up. But God. Amen. <laughs> so let's get into interrogation or communication part two. So the basis behind this, let's just, I like to give y'all a little history. So, like I said, the past couple of weeks, um, me and Emilio, we just ain't been feeling each other. And the communication was definitely off. And I have been feeling in my spirit, you know, God telling me to do this fast. And I was like, I'm going to tell y'all the F word. Mm-mm, that's not my friend at all. I, faith is good. Um, you know, forever French fries. I like them. French F, fries. Yeah, I like them <laughs> F words. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Fresh. But that word fast, mm-mm, it's, it's, not, it's not a friend of mine. And so when God told me he wanted to do a fast, I was like, okay. Now, the fast that he has me on is a different type of fast. And I'm telling you, if you've never done this type of fast before, you really should. I want to give a shout out to um, Dr. Celeste Owens for writing her book, 
surrender fast. It is off the chain. It's a different type of fast. It's not necessarily about food, but it's things that you're surrendering unto God. And so right before I did it, I knew one of the things that I wanted to surrender was, you know, the negativity, the attitude, the, you know, just negative thinking, some of these thoughts that I would have in my head concerning my husband and our marriage. And so once I said yes to this fast, God started working fast <laughs> in and, my marriage. And that's also scripture. You know, the Bible says whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is good of good report, whatsoever is um, holy or something like that. Think on these things. Think on these things. So the God, the Bible encourages you to to think positive. And that's and that goes in marriage. Like you have to see the the positive side of your marriage. And if you're looking at things from a negative aspect all the time. You'll become it. You'll become it. And, and, gonna, and I and was. Gonna, and you're going to have turmoil mm-hmm. just off your negative thoughts alone. And I was. I was seeing things negatively. I was confessing it negatively. I was starting to believe it. You know, I would say things to you like, you don't care. You Life know, like. Death is in the power of the Yeah. And it, and it was. And he'd be like, why are you saying it? And I'm like, because I said this to you and you didn't do it and you don't care. He's like, you got to stop saying this. But it was, it was, um, a barrier there, you know, between us. I was saying stuff to him and he wasn't communicating to him, to me. And I felt like I was laying it all out. Like I was naked. I was, I was vulnerable. And I'm like, here I am. And I'm crying and everything. And he was just like, girl, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not opening up my mouth. I'm about to share how I'm feeling right now. And we had to get to the bottom of it. We literally had to have an open and honest conversation and tell the truth. Tell the truth about how when you said this or you did this, this is how it made me feel. And I think that that was really important. And once the honesty happened, I felt like like walls were coming down. Yeah. So, so um, part of communication um, for me was that I didn't feel safe to communicate certain things. Um, I didn't feel as if Delisa would hear me. She would consider it or receive it. You know, so um, and then there was a a shame and guilt aspect to it as well. So I kind of it felt like an interrogation to me. Um, trying to communicate my feelings or um, avoid communicating my feelings, you know, and that's um, part of like um, there would be situations where um, I'm on a prayer team at church and sometimes I don't get up and pray. Um, and she thought that I wasn't getting up to pray because of a fear aspect. And I'm like, no, fear is not it. It wasn't it. And I would make excuses to get around me opening up and being honest as to why I didn't get up and pray someday. And not only excuses, y'all, like he will flat out be like, oh, that ain't it. Anybody that know my husband know that when he talks, he barks, okay? Emilio barks. It sounds like, you know, and I'm like... That's not how I said Whatever. <laughs> yes, you do. And I'm sitting down like, okay, God, I know I ain't crazy. Every time something is happening where 
He's supposed to pray or I know you're calling his name. I know you're pulling him in this area or this, you know, direction. He's going the opposite way. I know what I feel because, you know, wives, we're divinely connected to one another. You know, I'm divinely connected to my husband. You're divinely connected to your husband. God is going to tell you first before he show anybody else. And I knew God was showing me something. Something wasn't off. And when he was barking at me, I would just retreat. I was like, okay, I ain't about to keep arguing with him. Like, listen, I give it up to God. But what happened was I didn't want to have conversation with you at all because I feel in my spirit and I know I know God. My Holy Spirit is telling me something is off, okay? Yeah, he gave you this answer, but that's not the truth. And you know it's not the truth. And God is confirming that this is not the truth. But I can't make him tell me the truth. He a whole grown man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so so part of it was for me, like um, I said, that um, me feeling the guilt um, of admitting what the truth was. Because let's be honest, why we, we'll say it's lying. You know, women will be like, okay, you lying, you lying. And, and Amelia will be like, no, I'm not lying. But what it, what do you call it if it's not lying? I, I would say that it is. It's, it's a it's a form of dishonesty, but it's not a form of dishonesty to um, I would say to deceive. It's a, a form of dishonesty that I don't want to tell you the truth because I'm ashamed of it. So it's dishonesty because you're you want to hi- you're hiding something. Right. I'm ashamed of it. And and, it, and it's not like, you know, me opening up and sharing this with you is going to hurt you. But it's just that I'm ashamed of this and I don't want to share this with you. So that comes back to being safe, knowing that I can open up and share this with you and we will be able to communicate through it and grow beyond it. Or you will be able to receive it and help me get through it and not the pressure still be put on me. You need to go up there and pray. You need to go up there and pray. But no, I need to deal with this first before I go and pray. And so it wasn't until I was on the fast, you know, because like I told you, I had shut down. I was like, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Um, you know, I it wasn't even about talking to you just about prayer. You know, I was like, I didn't want to talk to you about anything because it felt like anytime I said anything, it turned into a shutdown from you, which resulted in me shutting down and, and, and for me in our conversation and for me as I said to you before I like I feel like you have this this ability to push um, because you you see a potential and you feel like I should be here and I should be doing this and I should be doing that and when I'm not doing it there's a frustration that comes so it feels like a measuring and a judging that's coming behind that push rather than you pushing in a loving way you pushing in a frustrating way which makes me retreat which makes me withhold communication which makes me does not which also makes me don't feel like I can be safe and open up with you with whatever it is I'm thinking about whether it be a vision that I'm having or a a goal that I want to achieve or something because I believe that if I don't 
act on it and I don't walk it out in your time, then there will be a frustration for you that's going to actually hinder our communication. So I keep it to myself, which actually hinders our communication. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Keeping it to yourself. And I can understand, you know, the push, because for me, I always tell wives, you know, we talk about this in the wives hive that, you know, wives are also midwives. And so when I think of a midwife, I think of her, you know, in the hospital room and the baby is coming and, you know, it's not like, a oh, woo, woo, woo. It's like, girl, come on, push like this baby coming about push. But it's also not if you don't push. I'm going to leave you in this room by yourself and you're going to be having this baby by yourself because I'm sitting up here tired of waiting on you to have this baby. Now you're going to push this baby out or I'm leaving. No, no. And, I, and, and that's how you looked at it. But that's not how I looked at it because if if the woman who's having the baby, you know, if she's pregnant and she's expressing that she's, you know, scared or she's fearful, you know, you know, when we were in the labor and delivery room, you know, and and I'm going back and forth talking to the doctor. I never was quiet. I never just sat there and let the doctor talk to me. You know, I was very vocal. I asked a lot of questions. They were asking me, how are you feeling? And I was honest with them. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm about to die. Y'all need to check my heart rate. You know, I'm okay. I was letting them know step by step. I was communicating with the doctors, with the midwives. I I told them how I was feeling. I didn't just sit there in the hospital bed with my legs up open and they asking me questions and I'm just sitting there numb and stuck talking about some, I feel interrogated. No, we trying to figure out how to help you so we can get this baby out. Mm -hmm. And you were not communicating anything. I was asking you, how are you feeling? What do you feel right now? Um, Are you scared? Are you fearful? And you weren't saying anything to help me, you know, know how to pray or, you know, try to guide you in a direction. Maybe, you know, uh, talk to someone else that say, hey, you want to pour into my husband? You know, he's dealing with some things and maybe you can help him. I just felt like me being your helpmate, you left me hanging. And and, and it comes back to, for me, it, 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 I had this thought that the devil wants to isolate us, whether it be a man, whether it be a woman. The devil wants to isolate you, whether you be single or whether you be married. The devil wants to isolate you and he wants to keep you from speaking your truth. Amen. Because once you speak your truth, you take power away from that that's holding you bondage or holding you hostage. Once you start to speak your truth and you can't feel like it, feel like you're out there by yourself and you're alone and you don't have anybody to talk to. You know, I wasn't praying. I wasn't worshiping. I wasn't talking to my wife. I wasn't talking to people that's in my corner. You know, it was just something that I was dealing with and it was, it was, it was eating me from the inside out. And you begin, she can be my wife begin to see things that I was manifesting on the outside because I wasn't happy. And I was like, this is not the man I married. Like I had a conversation (laughs) with my friend and I was like, this is not the man I married. He is emotionless. You know, God had taken me back to the beginning because like I told you on this fast, I had to surrender a lot of negative things that I were thinking and, and that had I I had accepted as my truth. I had accepted these things as my truth. So um, I 
I had began to have a conversation with her and God was like, okay, Delisa, let's take it back to the beginning. This isn't the husband that you married. So something is going on. And, um, since the quarantine, um, if you follow me on, on any type of Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I had made a post that, you know, I was missing church so much. I love going to church. I love, you know, worshiping and, and, and standing before God going to his house. It's just something about going to God's house. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And that was, that's gone, you know, now. And so I had to figure out how to bring God's house here, you know? And so I created this little altar by the window and we had this initial agreement that we were going to pray. You know, we were, we were going to give our time, our morning to God. And so the first morning, you know, Emilio was on it. And then the next couple of days, I'll be at the window and he'll be at the table eating or in his phone or something. And I'm like, uh, okay, the window, like meet me by the window. <laughs> Why? And so I'm like, I'm not about to ask him to keep, to come to the window because we had an agreement guy. And I didn't marry somebody who don't know God. Like I made a conscious effort and prayed constantly before I even thought about an Emilio, met an Emilio that I wanted a man of God. I did not want to have that be my ministry at all. Okay. To, to, to meet somebody that I fall in love with. They don't know God. Now we got to go through the whole thing about trying to get you to go to church. You, you saved? No, I ain't saved. I'm Muslim. I ain't want to deal with that. So I was like, God, I need to be with somebody to know you already. Okay. That's not my ministry. And so the fact that my husband is on a prayer team, And he won't come to the window and pray just seemed really crazy to me. And I took it how I viewed it. I viewed it. I took it personal. I took it like it was something against me. You know, I took it that he didn't want to pray with me. He didn't love me. He didn't like me. You know, I never looked at it that it was something internally going on with him. And I want to say maybe like day three or day four on a fast, God was like, ask him. And I was like, I ain't asking him nothing because he knows how to pray. He pray better than me. This man, like Milio can pray. And he was like, no, ask him. And I asked him, remember, I asked you to pray. Mm -hmm. And you was kind of like, yeah, I'll pray, you know, (laughs) but he did it. And when he did it, there was a breakthrough that happened that only could have happened because of, I believe the surrender fast. I believe, you know, um, God was working on you personally on your side as well as he was working on me on my side. So this particular day, um, um, we got up and I was sitting on the couch behind her and she was praying in the window. And I heard God say plain as day um, in my heart. I, I, I just knew it was him. He said, Focus on me. And I'm like, okay, focus on who I am. You know, and then I began to pray and focus on who Jesus was. You know, he was he was righteous. He was perfect. He was um, my savior. He um, he um, was the the he paid the penalty for our sins that, you know, we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You know, so I start to focus on who Jesus was and not what I wasn't or what I was doing wrong. Um, and I, and, and that, and that, and that kind of shifted things for me and I began to pray. And then 
at, at the end, um, Delisa began to pray and she began to come and she began to pray and prophesy over me. And she was prophesying about the guilt and the shame that I was carrying. And I be and I just broke down and started crying. Cause that that's what it was. That's what it has always been. Whenever she would see a, an emotional retreat from me, it was because I was dealing with something about some guilt and some shame. About guilt and shame. And and it's been my 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 crutch or my battle since I've been since I've gave my life to Christ. And so what he didn't know what God was doing at that time was not only was God prophesying to me the words to say to him and, um, you know, giving me a glimpse of how he was feeling. I actually felt the shame and the guilt. So it wasn't just the words coming out of my mouth. He literally placed the emotional guilt, the emotional shame, the emotional condemnation. All of that was on me. And I felt heavy. And I was like confused because I'm like, you, this is what you feel? Like you've been feeling this for years? And I had no idea that this is what he was wearing, you know, this whole time and what has been um, keeping you stagnant. You know what I'm saying? What, why you've been stuck and what has caused the emotionless and, and, and the lack of communication between us? What makes you think that I'm interrogating you when I'm really just caring for you and I'm and I'm concerned about you and I love you. And so I began to have an overwhelming amount of grace. Like I felt um I felt like I understood you more. You know, I felt like we were really accomplishing some things. And it wasn't over. You know, you all like that happened. That moment happened. Then the next day happened. And the next day, and it was just so many layers that were being peeled off. And so in the midst of this, you know, like I said, I was getting phone calls from people and they were calling me and telling me things that was going on in their situation, in their marriage. And I was just straight up asking them, like, have you created a safe space, you know, for your spouse to come and talk to you? And I had to be 100% honest. The space that I had created for my husband was not necessarily No, safe. it was hostile because she felt like my lack of communication was a personal attack against her. It was something that I did not like about her or something um, that I didn't. Um, that, that I was holding against her. So she took it very personal and she didn't realize, like she said, until we was in prayer that day and I started to communicate with her that it was something that I was dealing with internally about me, about myself. And I'll say, you know, for the spouse, the wife, the husband or whoever, you know, it it might not have nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know, like you taking some of your spouse's issues personal and I know that you all are one and it can feel, you know, as if it's personal, but it really may not have anything to do with you. So our number one tip on how to improve communication is building a safe place. And how you do that, you have to create 
a, a place where they can be open, where they can be naked, where they can be vulnerable. And and, and yeah, a lot of people is. tell me that I, I don't need to play poker because I can show, you know, my face, like kind of keep your poker face off. You have to, <laughs> I think that you have to really have to get rid of the, the spirit of offense and the spirit of defense to, in order to create um, a safe space. You know, you really have to um, you can't be offended. And then you can't be and you can't be defensive in in creating a safe space for communication. And that was something that I was defensive and Delisa was offended. So there was really no safe space for neither one, either one of us to communicate. No, it wasn't. It it wasn't a safe space um, at all. I felt I felt like it was a personal attack against me. And once God showed me that it wasn't personal. And and like I said, I didn't get this until I removed the negative thinking. I surrendered that during this fast unto God and took all the negative thoughts, all, you know, the, the, the enemy talking to me, everything that he did that I took personal, even his actions, even his lack of things, you know, well, why you didn't do this? Or why you didn't buy me this? So, you know, I took everything personal. Once I got rid of all of that, then I was able to create this space for him where he will he felt like he can come and talk to me about anything where he could be open and honest. And I wasn't going to judge him that he could tell me the hard things. And I wasn't going to, you know, um, give him any type of backlash. I wasn't going to hold anything against him. And it's and it's important for you to be able to talk to your spouse about the hard things, about the difficult things, because those are the things that's going to move you forward in your marriage. Those are the things that's going to allow you all to grow and get um, beyond some of those hurdles in communication. You have to be able to talk about the difficult stuff, the hard stuff, the stuff that you won't tell anybody else, the stuff that you're ashamed of, the stuff that you feel like um, that, that you... She might leave me for. Right. You have to be able to talk about you have those to. things. Because you, you're not going to have a solid foundation. You're not going to have a strong foundation. So I say this over the airwaves, wife, husband, married couple who wants to be together forever and ever. Amen. Please trust God that your spouse can handle the hard conversations. Pray about it. Believe that if, if, if God is putting it in, in the pit of your stomach, you know, if he's waking you up, if you don't have no peace, it's meant for you to have that hard conversation. And honestly, we've had hard conversations and I believe that they've, we, we've grown, like we've gotten closer after our hard conversations. That's how this podcast got birthed because we had some hard conversations. Yeah, we've had a lot of hard conversations. <laughs> you know, that we was like, I don't know if I tell them this, you know, if I tell them how I really feel, if I say what I really want to say, if I, if I call, if I call it how I really see it, you know, is this a coming back to sometimes you got to have those hard conversations but, and trust that God is in the midst of it all. But even like, and, and like I said earlier, even in those hard conversations, you have to be mindful that there's a marriage that you want to come back to. Amen. Um, you know, and, and, and you have to, you have to be um, loving in those hard conversations, even if it's something that's going to hurt, um, that, that hurts or there's something that's going to hurt the other person. You have to be mindful that there's a marriage that you want to come back to. 
You do. You definitely do. And know that, as my grandma would say, if it don't come out in a, in a wash, it's sure going to come out in a rinse, okay? You want it all to come out in a rinse. You want you want that fear. You want the condemnation, the shame, the guilt, whatever. You want it to come out in the rinse. You do. You want it to come out. You want God to expose um the things that the enemy is telling him to hide, you know, and, and the lies you want him to, because those things are messing with your mind. It's messing with your marriage progressing. It's messing with your family progressing. You know what I'm saying? If this, if we didn't have, if, if we weren't able to create this safe space, can you imagine, you know, our kids seeing uh, you being emotionless, you know, for years. And then our daughter's thinking that, you know, this is cool. You know, our son's thinking that this is okay. You know, this is how my daddy was, you know, so we ain't gonna talk about it. And, and actually, I said what I said. You know, we ain't having, we ain't birthing no ninis up in here. I said what I said. No, we're not doing that. You know, we're gonna communicate and talk about this thing because there are some underlying issues. And I know my Shondo, okay? That's what ain't nobody gonna tell me I don't know my Shondo. I know my Shondo. So please, couples, in order to improve your communication, tip one, you have to build a safe place for each other. Now, for tip two, we said that you have to hear the other person and explore their truth. Now, for me, I think this is very, very important because a lot of times, when someone tells you how they're feeling, the other spouse is like, please, I ain't trying to hear it. That's that's some bull crap. Come on now. And and it really may be their truth in that moment. And I felt like that, you know, in our marriage that I would say things to Emilio and he'll be looking at me like, girl, please. That's my truth in that moment. Now, it may not be the truth, okay? But in that moment, that is how I'm feeling. And I just want you to hear me out. I just want you to explore yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, you can't be dismissive um, um, in those conversations. You have to be able to go down that um, go down that that, that 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 road and explore that truth, explore that 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 reason that 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 explanation that your spouse has given you um, for whatever caused the malfunction in your marriage, um, and and you given you're giving that person a voice. Now you may get to the end of it, and both of y'all may discover, yeah, this is some bullcrap, <laughs> you know. But at the end of the day, at least you gave him an opportunity or her opportunity to explore that truth because in their in, in their minds it may be their truth but they haven't explored it in depth they just accept it as a truth but when you you bring it up to someone else you know that's and that's kind of what happens in counseling sessions when you talk to someone else about it they go a little dive a little deeper they ask some questions that you may not have considered they give you um a different aspect a different view point of this thing that you're saying and then you may come to the reconciliation that you know what this some bull crap <laughs> well i felt i felt that way about when you was telling me that you had to go to the bathroom i'm like okay that's what he said, that every time it's time to pray, he got to go to the bathroom. Okay. Now, I didn't press the issue with you. We didn't get into any arguments. I didn't fight you on it. We we did not dispute about it at all. You said what you said. I was like, okay, Emilio, kind of pay attention to that. You said what you said, 
And I left it alone. I was like, all right, we're not going to, you know, rehash this again. And I just gave it to God. I accepted your truth. You said you had to go to the bathroom. Hey, you had to go to the bathroom. But even with me exploring your truth and accepting it, and even though I know in my spirit, it didn't resonate. Like it, it didn't, it didn't resonate in my spirit at all. I didn't, it didn't have any peace with your answer. I took it to God. I didn't just leave it alone. And I feel that even when you're hearing the other person out and you're exploring this truth, you still need to take it to God. You know, don't stop taking it to God. Don't just accept it. You know, like listen to it, explore it, but still pray about it because if you don't have peace, like God will give you peace concerning it. And if you don't have peace with it and it don't sound right, still take it to God. Don't just be like, oh, that's his answer. He said what he said. No, you know, God, you know, your Holy Spirit inside of you and just take it to the Lord. And that's the third point is to pray about it. Period. Just to pray about it. God, God is God will answer your prayers. He will give you he he will bring that thing up in a way that you all will have true reconciliation and peace concerning that matter. Because I feel that if I had accepted your truth or if you accept your spouse's truth in that moment and you know or you you don't have peace about it or you feel something in your gut, you know, you you know your spouse, you know what God is doing in your marriage and you just accept it. And you're quiet about it. Like that's where the enemy wants you to stay. He wants you to accept it. He wants you to be quiet about it. And he wants you to just keep on living your own life individually. And what's going to eventually happen is you all are going to be living your life individually apart. So when those moments come where, you know, there's an issue in communication or, you know, your spouse is telling you something and and you kind of feel like it's not necessarily the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you, God, don't stop there. Keep going to the throne. Keep praying about it. Take it to your father and say, listen, God, I don't know about this answer. It ain't feeling too good with me right now. And I'm going to put it in your hands and you're going to reveal it in, in its due season, in its due time. So even if it's a little bit deeper than what you think it is, like I said, I have to do a surrender fast. Maybe that's where God is calling you to, to improve the, in, the communication in your marriage. Because if your communication is not improved, I can guarantee you, you are on the brink going to communication, to separation, to divorce. <laughs> because that's yeah. his plan. Yeah. That's the enemy's plan That's to the, eventually wanna, separate you out. Isolate you and he wanna shift you as we he wants to separate you because the the family um is how God reproduces after his own kind. Um, you get two believers that get together, they get married, and then they have children, and then they grow their faith. They produce that, re- they reproduce that faith in their children, and then their children have children, and that's how God is reproducing within the earth. The devil wants to destroy the family. So if he can isolate you, he can make you feel like you're alone. He can make you feel some type of um, um, animosity towards your spouse, some type of um, even unforgiveness or, you know, that passive aggression and all that other stuff. It's all part of the devil trying to sow that division between the two of you all. And eventually you're going to wind up divorced with a fractured family. With uh, But some people, children hurting, children being lost, children not feeling like they're loved. And then children feel like, you know, my mom and dad got divorced because of me. Madison going to feel like, you know, they got divorced because I couldn't get my spelling words right. It's my fault. <laughs> no. It ain't got nothing to 
nothing to do with that. You right. And we're building a blended family. You know, we 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 have our biological children, you know, then we have our blended family. You know, we're we're building something and we're growing something. God has given us a, an an amazing gift, you know, and an amazing responsibility. And I praise him for that. And so you have to know your family dynamic. And I say this to blended families, especially wives. I'm like, you know, you're not just in that child's life to be in that child's life. Okay. To just be, just say you there. Oh yeah. I'm the stepmom. No, you ain't just there for that. And you're not just there as his wife. You're there to serve a purpose in that child's life. Even if they have a mother, even, you know, even if their parents are still in their life, their biological parents, you still have your own individual purpose. And so when communication issues arise, that is the enemy trying to divide it with you all, separate you all so that the whole family dynamic can be separated. So those are three tips. One, building a safe space. Two, hearing the other person and exploring their truth. And three, my favorite. Pray. Pray. We got to pray just to make it today. I say we pray. Hey, pray. We pray. Y'all know that was my jam, MC Hammer. We got to pray just to make And then he came out with pumps in the bum. You know what? I love the peoples. You know, I love the saints. You go from praying to make it today and then you come out with pumps and above. You know, that's a testimony right there. If y'all ain't never seen MC Hammer's story, I'm going to need y'all to check it out, okay? And you're, you're a reverend or something now? Don't... He was then. He was then? Yeah, and then, you know, he was, Suge Knight got a hold of him. You know, Suge Knight did a whole bunch of stuff. Listen, that's... Suge <laughs> Knight's turning tricks into me, turning turn, turn, turn men into tricks, so... <laughs> Suge Knight got a hold of him and he was out there pumps in the bump, pumps in the bump. Okay. But he's back with the Lord. That's what, that's a prodigal son. That's a prodigal son story. I I heard his story. It's actually pretty dope, but no, you definitely got to pray just to make it today. So we are done with this interrogation part two, interrogation or communication part two. It was not. (laughs) Shut up. It was not. It was communication. (laughs) Interrogation or communication? Which one do you choose? Part two. Now, we don't know if God going to do a part three, but I actually did hear something while we were doing this about part three, and I think it will be dope. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off the mic. If yes. I make it for episode six. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> boy, you making this forever. What you talking about? We got seasons on top of seasons. Okay, what you talking about? This is it right here. Okay, we live our best life <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> we the Williams, y'all. Thank you for tuning in until next time we love you with the love of who jesus and we out we out the williams bye Peace. <laughs>